fail big. That's right. Fail big. To find that dream, to make that dream a reality. Don't listen to the naysayers. Everything I ever did, the thing that I heard out of people's mouth was, that's impossible. That can't be done. Or no. Well, I'm going to be the one that said to myself, I'm going to do it and I'm going to show it to them. Maybe it has never been done before. That's perfectly fine with me. But I'm going to do it. It will take longer, but it will last longer. Always go to the root. Cut down the root of that weed in your heart. Cut down the root of that weed in your mind. You can manage any situation in life. In order to get to the next level, I had to make sacrifices. So my question for anybody to get to the next level, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up? Who are you willing to stop hanging around? Don't even step on the playing field if you have not counted up the cost. Anybody that is willing to make the sacrifices, they stay up late, they work longer, they are more focused, pay the price and get the job done and finish what they started. Those are the ones that will succeed. Everybody wants to be successful, but no one wants the suck that comes before it. If you've never found yourself saying my life sucks, you're not ready. If you've never found yourself saying my life's hard, you're not ready. If you've never found yourself saying my life's tough, you're not ready. If you've never found yourself saying my life is a mess, you're not ready. You can do and be anything that you want, no matter what. No matter what you've been told and conditioned to think growing up. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You need a strategy, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. Tony Robbins said that, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to need to lead. What does it mean to be an entrepreneur in a world of inaction, over-promising and under-delivering? Every second, man seems to claim himself an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone that would never call himself an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone that is happy to work while all others are out partying. An entrepreneur's drug is success. He is addicted to success. And finally, the entrepreneur knows one simple fact. I will make it, maybe not immediately, but absolutely and definitely. You have to hustle. You have to think outside of the box to make things happen when it seems impossibly difficult for anything to happen. To continue to get up off of the canvas when you are beating down relentlessly. Win or learn. I never lose. I will succeed, not immediately, but absolutely and definitely. I will take action when others hesitate. I will think big when others don't. I will sacrifice when others won't. I will dare to dream of greatness when others fear it. I will outwork my competition. 
day and night. I am the captain of my fate, the master of my soul, the boss of my dreams, the king of my goals. You have to be a leader to be unique, to be hungry always and never satisfied. Proud, but never satisfied. To be followed by the competition, to take criticism and negativity and use it to build your greatness, to survive the storms and the tough moments, to be humble in the good times. It is sacrificing your today for a better tomorrow. It is living a few years of your life like others won't so that you can spend the rest of your life like others can. That sacrifice, the dedication, the commitment, the discipline. Only rare human beings have these qualities. Only the very best among us. Then there's failure. Because we all know that it is coming, it is human nature. I mean, find me a successful human that has never failed. You can't, they don't exist. The only difference between the extremely successful among us in any field and the unknown, the only difference, the successful guy didn't give up. He found a way when there seemed to be no way. The other guy, he threw in the towel. Failure is simply learning another way not to do something. There are great lessons in failure. When it comes to success, there is rarely ever a time when luck comes into play. Hard work, however, always comes into play. There is no greater satisfaction in life than that of hard work paying off. No greater satisfaction than knowing you are self May take action while all others are sitting on their hands. When completing a long climb, one first experiences dizziness, disorientation, and shortness of breath due to the high altitude. But once you become accustomed to the climb, your mind opens up to the tranquility of the triumph. Oftentimes, the mind is flooded with realizations that were for some reason harder to come to when you were at a lower elevation. At this moment, most of you need some realizations because right now you have some big decisions to make. Right now, I urge you, this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. In my first New York audition for a professional play, I landed the lead role. From that play, I got my first agent. From that agent, I got an on-screen audition. It was a soap opera. I scored that role too. I felt like 
Mike Tyson, when he first came on the scene, knocking out opponents in the first round. You very often get the script the night before and you shoot the whole episode in one day with little to no time to prepare. Once I saw the role I was playing, I found myself conflicted. A young man in his formative years with a violent streak pulled into the allure of gang involvement. Never judge the characters you play. That's what we were always taught. That's the first rule of acting. And any role played honestly can be empowering. But I was conflicted because this role seemed to be wrapped up in assumptions about us as black folk. The writing failed to search for specificity. There was barely a glimpse of positivity or talent in the character, barely a glimpse of hope. I would have to make something out of nothing. I was conflicted. It was just my luck that after filming the first two episodes, execs of the show called me into their offices and told me how happy they were with my performance. They wanted me to be around for a long time. They said, if there was anything that I needed, just let them know. That was my opening. I decided to ask them some simple questions about the background of, of my character, questions that I felt were pertinent to the plot. Question number one, where's my father? Well, he left when you were younger. Of course. Okay. Question number two, in this script, it alluded to my mother not being equipped to operate as a good parent. So why exactly would my little brother and I have to go into foster care? Matter-of-factly, he answered, well, of course, she's on heroin. That could be real, I guess. But I didn't want to assume that's what it was. If we're around here assuming that the Black characters in the show are criminals on drugs and deadbeat parents, then that would probably be stereotypical, wouldn't it? That word stereotypical lingers. I left the office. I shot the episode I had come in to shoot on that day. Probably the best one I did out of the three because I got what was bothering me off my chest on the next day. A phone call from my agent. They decided to go another way. I was let go from that job. The questions that I asked set the producers on guard and perhaps paved the way for a less stereotypical portrayal for the black actor that stepped into the role after me. As the scripture says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it, but God kept it growing. As conflicted as I was before I lost the job, as adamant as I was about the need to speak truth to power, I found myself even more conflicted afterwards. My agents at the time told me it might be a while before I got a job acting on screen again. We're hesitant about sending you out to some people right now because there is a stigma that you're difficult. But when you have those moments, you start to wonder if there was a better way to handle it. And if you could have handled it better, maybe you could help your family. And, and then before you know it, you're broke and you find yourself scraping together change just so you can ride the subway so that you can get the next job. And maybe if you could book something else, that would eclipse the feeling of doubt that's building. But it seems like you can't pay them to hire you now. Well, that was fine because I never wanted to act in the first place. And I definitely didn't want to be caught dead going after a fake Hollywood pipe dream. I'm more of a writer director anyway, so forget their stories. I can tell my own stories. Sometimes you need to get knocked down before you can really figure out what your fight is and how you need to fight it. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, 
and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me, the path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. I don't know what your future is, but if you are willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. This is your time. <laughs>
People don't define who I am or what I can do. I define those things. Haters and doubters are my motivation, and no matter how many people try to stand between me and my dreams, I will not let them defeat me. I will never give up. I will never give in, because pain is my friend. Pain helps me. Pain helped me become a stronger version of myself. I don't try to dodge pain. Honestly, I work for pain because I'm a true believer that pain is my reward. I am grateful for all the opportunities I've gotten. I will never let them waste. I may not have what other people have as far as physical capabilities, but it's not about that. It's about my willpower. I am proud of what I have accomplished, but I will never settle. I am entirely too convinced that I will succeed. I will change up anything in order to go where I want to go with my life, with my goals. I can honestly say I deserve everything that I'm dreaming of because I've worked for it. I've earned it. I know the value of my time because I can never get time brought back to me. A minute gone in my life is a minute gone for good. A minute that I will never get back. Deep in my heart. I have these abilities to grow. I am willing to take those risks. I don't fear obstacles or challenges. I know that I need to go through them in order to see a clear vision on the other side. I'm willing to go through them because I know that's the only way anybody, including myself, will see my full potential. I am not a finished product because I'm striving each and every day to see results. I only have one duty in life, and that is to become better than I was yesterday. I know, in order to become number one or to succeed at the highest level of my business, I need to be able to outwork every individual that is chasing the same dreams, chasing the same desires, and chasing the same visions that I have. I really don't believe in waiting for the perfect moments to start working on your dreams. I believe the perfect moment is now. I believe the perfect time is now. I will absolutely do whatever it takes, and I will absolutely use everything that I'm capable of using to better myself. Because there is no substitute for hard work. There is no substitute for greatness. I simply respect greatness, and I will succeed. Every human being is faced with the same challenges. The battle inside their own mind. A part of them that wants them to stay where they are, versus another part of us that wants to grow, to expand, to evolve. What we can be, we must be. Your future is unwritten, and you have the power to change. We know that a great life doesn't happen by chance; it happens by design. And for you to design the life that you want, you need to become an entrepreneur. But what is an entrepreneur? Many people think it's a risk taker, someone who's prepared to step out of their comfort zone to do what they've not done before, and in some cases to do what no one has done before, to gamble everything, with the realization that you could lose everything. But is that really what an entrepreneur is? 
When you look at the real meaning of the word in its origin, it doesn't mean risk taker. It means someone who is prepared to grab something in front of them. Someone who wants to take control. Now, as a coach, every day I meet people who want to make positive changes in their life. People who want to achieve. People who want to be more productive, successful, have more fulfillment in their life. To be what they're truly capable of becoming. In order for you to have more, you must become more. You must become an entrepreneur and take control of the most important thing that you own. And that's your mind. Everyone has a mind, but many people are unaware of what your mind is doing. You see, the purpose of your mind is your mind plays tricks on you. So if there's anything that you want in your life and in your business, the odds are stacked against you. Why? Because you are against yourself. Every human being is faced with the same challenges, the battle inside their own mind, a part of them that wants them to stay where they are, versus another part of us that wants to grow, to expand, to evolve. What we can be, we must be. Inside everyone is a burning desire to be an entrepreneur, to take risks, to grab opportunities, to take control of our lives. So how do you take control of your life? By taking control of your mind. How do you take control of your mind? You must become more aware. Aware of what it's like to be yourself. I love to ask the question, how are you? What is the origin of how are you? It's actually very biblical, meaning how are you with God? Now for me, my interpretation of that is how are you with yourself? What is the experience like of being you? Chances are it's not what it could be. Chances are it is what it has been. And maybe you're like so many people all around the world that is fighting a losing battle. A battle where you are more focused on staying where you are than focused on where you want to go. Napoleon Hill wrote about this in 1937 in Think and Grow Rich, interviewing over 500 of the most successful people from Alexander Graham Bell, to Henry Ford, to Thomas Edison. And he could see from all of his work that there were patterns. Patterns in what people were focusing on. These people had a burning desire of something they had to do. Something that was in front of them. Something they wanted to grab and take control of. And this is what the greatest entrepreneurs have done. A drive to do more, to create, to bring something in to this world. Everyone has ideas, but every idea that you have ever had can move you in a number of different directions. Right now, stop and look around at all the things that man has created. 
and know that all of those things that have been created have been created twice once inside their mind and then in reality we can all have ideas but bringing those ideas in to reality is where the real game starts in where the real entrepreneur kicks in that where you can see something so much that you'll do whatever it takes to bring that into the world with that voice in your head that tells you no don't bother let's do it tomorrow oh it's just too much work the voice that wants you to keep you where you are will slowly fade away as you turn down the volume on that part of your brain and wake up the genius within you that wants to grow that wants to evolve that has to everybody wants to be successful but no one wants the suck that comes before it if you've never found yourself saying my life sucks you're not ready if you've never found yourself saying my life's hard you're not ready if you've never found yourself saying my life's tough you're not ready if you've never found yourself saying my life is a mess you're not ready life is hard life is tough but it's those that can persevere it's those that can overcome it's those that push through it's those that power through all the setbacks all the failures all the suck of their life that go to another level see we all have a story but the only way your story is ever told the only way your story is ever heard is if you overcome whatever it is that you're going through and i speak from experience sometimes you just have to believe in yourself Nothing can be achieved until first it's believed. You have to believe it to see it. Sometimes the easiest way to get what you want is to just start, to just take that first step. You can do and be anything that you want, no matter what. No matter what you've been told and conditioned to think growing up. Start from today to believe that you can. We know what we want, but we don't do anything to actually go and get it. All the while that you're standing around waiting, doubting yourself, telling yourself you can't have this and you can't have that for whatever reason, you're never going to get it. Focus on how your life will be better and what your life will look like when you get what you want. Greatness isn't achieved by that one massive thing you do. It's those tiny little consistent baby steps we take every single day that add up to achieving that goal. Amazing things happen when you believe you have something. Your brain actively goes out to make it happen. Believe that you can do it and work hard to get it and it's yours. We are all born with the same amount of time in a day and anything that they can do, you can do too. If you want to do something bad enough, you can get it. See, I grew up in the grimy. I grew up in the hood. I grew up in the place of undesirables. Place that no one wanted to live. Place that no one wanted to be. My mama passed away when I was four years old. I grew up with a mentally abusive, drug-addicted stepmother who treated me like Cinderella. I wasn't Cinderella, I was Cinderella. I got bullied. I got battered. I got bruised. Matter of fact, it got so bad for me that I was running through the schoolyard and I was trying to avoid them bullies I was running, saying I can't let them catch me, I can't let them catch me. They caught me, picked me up, body slammed me, boom! Punch me in the stomach, punch me in the stomach, drug me to a swimming pool, threw me in the water, held me up under that water, and I'm fighting, and I'm fighting, and I'm flailing, they're holding me, I just knew I was gonna die. And at the last second they pulled me up, 
I was just trying to catch my breath, y'all. And they jumped out of the pool and they was laughing. And I was sitting there defeated. No, I wasn't defeated. I learned a valuable lesson about myself that day. I found out that I was resilient. I found out that I was mentally tough. I found out that I was strong. I found out that I was a fighter. The bullies of life will try to break you. The bullies of life will try to batter you. The bullies of life will try to beat you into submission. The bullies of life will try to make you quit. They will try to make you give up. And that's the moment that I need you to dig deep and realize that you are resilient. I need you to dig deep and realize that you are mentally tough. I need you to dig deep and realize that you have the power to push through and overcome anything and everything that life can throw at you. Sometimes you just have to believe in yourself. There's a good chance that all you've ever been told or made to feel in your life so far is that you can't do shit. That every time you even dared to dream your life could be better, you were shot down or laughed at. Made to feel small, made to feel useless, made to feel like an idiot for even thinking you could be more. All of us have had these moments in our life where just at that point we thought it was possible, a massive shadow of doubt was thrown on us, normally by someone close to us. All you've ever done when you thought about that thing that you want is picture all the hard work and shit it'll take to get there. You paint such a negative picture in your mind of all this pain that your brain does everything it's supposed to and keeps you safe and avoids the pain. Because of this picture you're painting, your brain will associate pain with that thing you want and do everything in its power to avoid it. When you think it's not going to be possible and you're going to fail, your brain thinks disappointment, which is pain, and it avoids it. When you think it's going to be hard work and it's going to take ages, your brain thinks pain and avoids it. The first thing you've got to do to get what you want is believe that you can. Believe it's possible for you to have it. And if there's someone out there that has done it or got what you want, why the fuck ain't it possible for you? We are all born with the same amount of time in a day. And anything that they can do, you can do too. Believe that you can, and once you want something and believe that you can get it, you've got to block out all of the noise around you that's going to tell you you can't do it. Don't listen to all that shit, just believe that you can. The next thing you've got to start doing is focusing on all the good shit that will happen when you get what you want. Not all the shit that you've got to go through to get there. Focus on how your life will be better and what your life will look like when you get what you want. Focus on all the shit in your life now and how getting what you want will get away from all that shit. You do this and your brain will think that by helping you get what you want, you're moving away from pain and towards pleasure. You can do anything you want in this life, anything at all, but you've got to believe it's possible and work your ass off to get it. So most of you guys have probably heard about the Tesla, you know, the electric car, and PayPal, of course. Everyone uses PayPal. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably even heard of Elon Musk, the guy that invented PayPal. He also invented Tesla, and he's the creator of SpaceX. But I'm going to tell you a story that you probably don't know. And that is that Elon Musk, after he had created PayPal, he had literally earned well over $100 million in just his 20s. Enough money to be able to not only retire himself, but to be able to retire his great-great-grandkids. However, when he went on and he created Tesla and then SpaceX, those companies started having issues. And he reached out to investors to get help but he couldn't get enough money to be able to keep those businesses afloat. So he took out all of his own money, 
literally over $100 million of his own life savings, money that he, he didn't even need to spend, and he invested everything he had into saving those companies. An extraordinary risk that most people would think absolutely crazy, but he did it. And those companies are still thriving and on today. And now we're seeing those electric charging ports at, you know, all over the place, Walgreens, CVS's, and so forth. And Elon Musk had a, had a great quote that if you believe in something, even if the odds are stacked against you, then you should still do it. I'm gonna tell you another story about Kobe Bryant, one of my favorite athletes. I'm a huge fan of Kobe Bryant. I've always loved the Lakers. Right out of high school, this guy was incredible. Very competitive. Interesting thing about it is that right out of high school, he actually got scouted and offered a role to play in Spike Lee's movie. He got game. And he turned it down so that he could take a chance at, at trying to make it into the NBA. Denzel Washington ended up taking that part and now Denzel Washington is a legend in the acting industry. So what is in common between a lot of these incredible people? People like Elon Musk, people like Kobe Bryant, and so many other exceptional people that go on to really create a legacy is that they were literally willing to fail. They were literally willing to put everything on the line with no guarantee of success. You know, I was just talking with one of my friends earlier today someone who's an incredible internet marketer. And he was saying how he is literally willing to lose 20% of his subscribers just from any one post, any single one piece of content that he puts out there. He's always willing to hold no strings back, to put everything that he's got on the table. And if people don't like him for what it is, then he's willing to lose. He's willing to fail in order to succeed. And I see that a lot, where a lot of people, they don't really want to take that jump towards creating their own dream. They don't want to take that jump because they're not willing to fail. And in fact, not only do you have to be willing to fail, failure is a part of the process. Just like going to the gym, the only way to really build up your muscles is to push your muscles to failure and to break down the fibers so that they can grow bigger and stronger. The exact same thing is up here. You have to be willing to push your, your mindset to failure at times. You have to be willing to push yourself through failure so that your mental muscles can grow stronger. So as you go out and you embark, embrace failure. Be willing to fail and understand that failure is a part of the process and a part of the recipe. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go, and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. It's like you can have the best ship in the world, you can have the best airplane in the world. If the pilot or the captain doesn't know where to go, it would just drift around. It would not end up anywhere or most likely in the wrong place. My vision was totally different. I felt that I was born for something special, for something unique, for something big. So I was searching. Then one day I went to school, I remember I was 11 years old, and they showed a documentary about America. And there they showed in this documentary the huge skyscrapers, the high-rises, the huge bridges, 
the six-lane freeways. And all of this stuff, and I say to myself, that's where I want to be. Do you know how great it felt that I knew where I was going? Imagine the majority of people don't know where they're going. I knew where I was going. I was so relieved because when you have a goal, when you have a vision, everything becomes easy. People always ask me, when they saw me in the gym in the pumping iron days, they said, why is it that you're working out so hard? Five hours a day, six hours a day, and you have always a smile on your face. The others are working out just as hard as you do, and they look sour in the face. Why is that? And I told people all the time, I said, because to me, I'm shooting for a goal. In front of me is the Mr. Universe title. So every rep that I do gets me closer to accomplishing that goal, to make this vision turn into reality. Every single set that I do, every repetition, every weight that I lift will get me a step closer to turn this goal into reality. So I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound squat. I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound bench press. I couldn't wait to do another 2,000 reps of sit-ups. I couldn't wait for the next exercise, for the next half hour of posing and all the kind of things that you have to do to be a champion. I felt so great knowing where I was going and I tell you, it worked. I mean, think about it. And and I was just not visualizing just my exercise, but I was really lifting the trophy over my head. That's what I was thinking about. With the age of 20, I went to London and I won the Mr. Universe contest as the youngest Mr. Universe ever. And it was because I had a goal. So let me tell you something, visualizing your goal and going after it makes it fun. You've got to have a purpose no matter what you do in life. You've got to have a purpose. Rule number two is don't listen to the naysayers. Everything I ever did, the thing that I heard out of people's mouth was that's impossible. That can't be done. Or no. I'm a strong believer of what Nelson Mandela said, that everything is always impossible until someone does it. Well, I'm going to be the one I said to myself, I'm going to do it and I'm going to show it to them. Maybe it has never been done before. That's perfectly fine with me. But I'm going to do it. When I'm in the show business, I ask a studio executive, I say, I want to get into movies. I want to be a leading man. He started laughing. So they all say it's impossible. I say, why is it impossible? It's because Look at how big you are. You weigh 250 pounds and your accent, even if you reduce all your body weight and everything and have a normal body. This is no one in Hollywood ever has become a leading man that had an accent. Plus your name, your name who can pronounce Schwarzen Schnitzel or something like that. No one can pronounce that, so forget about it, Arnold. Imagine. You go from studio executive to studio executive, from agent to agent, from manager to manager, and they all said exactly the same thing. Now that's very encouraging, isn't it? But you know something? I didn't give a shit. I didn't. Because I believed that I can be a leading man. 
I believe that there could be another Clint Eastwood or another Burt Reynolds. I believe that there could be those people. I said, there's enough room on that ladder that I can fit up there. And I looked back again and learned from what I learned in sports. In my case, in bodybuilding. It's all about the hard work that you put in. I said to myself, in bodybuilding, I worked out five, six hours a day. I'm going to do the same thing now for acting. And of course, I went to college to study English. I studied the accent removal, acting classes, and all of this stuff, all day long. I worked and I worked and I worked. And within a short period of time, I made one movie called Hercules in New York, which of course went right into the toilet. But it didn't discourage me. I still had the same vision. And after I did Conan the Barbarian, the director at the press conference said to the press, if we wouldn't have had Arnold, we would have had to build one. And the same thing was with Terminator. After we were finished filming Terminator, Jim Cameron said to the press, if Arnold wouldn't have had that accent and talked like a machine, I think the movie wouldn't have worked. So think about that. The body and the accent that they attacked was an asset. But I didn't listen to those losers. I didn't listen to them at all. Because that's exactly the way it was in politics again, when everyone said no, 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 and it can't be done. And then became governor of California. And this is with everything like that. It's just the reality of it is, is that you cannot listen to the naysayers. So this is a very important lesson for all of you. So when someone says, no, this is a stupid idea, you in your mind, you don't have to say it, but in your mind, just say this of you. You're an asshole. What do you know? If I would have listened to the naysayers, I would not be standing here today talking to you. I would be in Austria in the Alps yodeling. That's right. I would be in Austria still left yodeling. That's what I will be doing exactly. So this is why I say don't listen to the naysayers. Work your ass off. There is no magic bill. I became very friendly with Muhammad Ali in the 70s. And Muhammad Ali worked his butt off. And I saw it firsthand. And I remember that there was a sports rider that was there in the gym when he was working out and he was doing sit-ups. And they asked him, how many sit-ups do you do? And he said, I don't start counting until it hurts. Now think about that. He doesn't start counting his sit-ups until he feels pain. That's when he starts counting. That is working hard. And so you can't get around the hard work. It doesn't matter who it is. There is no magic out there. You cannot get around. You have to work and work and work. And it drives me crazy when people say they don't have enough time to go to the gym for 45 minutes a day and work out or to do something for 45 minutes to an hour a day to improve. If it is physically improve or if it is mentally to improve. Imagine you read one hour a day about history. How much you will learn after 365 hours in one year. 
Think about if you study about the history of musicians, of composers, how much you would know. Imagine if you would work on the business, on some business that you want to develop every day for an hour. Imagine how further along you will go and get. So it drives me nuts when people say we don't have the time. We have 24 hours a day. We sleep six hours a day. So that gives you still 18 hours. So there's someone shaking their head out here in front to say probably, I don't sleep six hours, I sleep eight hours, right? Or just sleep faster. So we have 18 hours a day. The average person works around eight to 10 hours. So let's assume it's 10 hours. So we have eight hours left. Then you travel around an hour a day, maybe two hours a day. So now you have still six hours left. So what do you do with these six hours? My father taught me something. He said, Mike, remember three things, three words that are going to take you, make you have an easy go of it with other guys. Remember to say please, thank you, and excuse me. You know, because you bunk into somebody, excuse me. You know, you ask somebody, please, may I have this? You don't cut in front of people on the line. So little silly things become major things, God. So you can't throw your weight around. No, you can't take any nonsense. But, you know, people have to understand, you may be the silent type, but don't mess with me, and I'm not going to disrespect you, don't disrespect me, believe it or not. Sometimes, you may be the smartest person in the room, and you don't want anybody to know that. You just want to keep quiet like you don't know anything. Let them think they're smarter than you. And there's other times when uh, you're not the smartest person in the room, but you want people to think you are. So you have to learn how to have that skill. And we had certain rules. You know, if you're a made guy and you're at a sit-down, you had to be respectful, no matter what the situation was. In other words, if I'm a made guy and I'm arguing something and I'm lying and you know I'm lying, you can't call me a liar. If you call me a liar, you lose the, the argument automatically. You have to figure out a way to make people know that, you're wrong, that this guy is wrong and I'm right. And uh, the old time was very tactful at this, you know, they would try to get you into a trap or you would just say something and you're done, it's all over. So you had to really learn how to respectfully get your point across and you had to know the mentality of the personality of the person going in or you don't defeat them. These old timers were smart, you know, they were cagey. I had so many of these because it was like every day in my life when I was in the gas business, I had somebody trying to take over, somebody trying to get in. Because, you know, in New York, there's a lot of us, and we were constantly engaging with one another on different matters. And I had a big crew, so the guys in my crew got in trouble. I had to sit down with other people. It was constant the way of business. So you learn how to carry yourself there. And it really helped me in my negotiation skills in business. It really helped because Going in, I would figure out what I wanted, what I would settle for, um, and I would keep, you know, I, I learned one thing. It's always great to let the other person talk. Let them talk. Let them just keep talking. Throw out a word that gets them a little bit, and he'll talk more. And as he's talking, you can kind of figure out his mentality, his personality, what you can get out of him, what you can't get out of him. And um, it helped me a lot in negotiating deals later on. 
that life is like it's like a wheel turning around and the guy that's on the bottom today can end up being on the top tomorrow and so a guy that you didn't have much respect for um, now you better respect him got it so because of that you always tried to treat people the very right way yeah very because you never know you know where that guy's going to be the next day or the next week so i always say i knew how to put the right people in the right place and get them and motivated them to do the work properly my mantra always was at that time do what you do best and delegate the rest and that always worked for me until today you know there's things that i'm just not good at and i don't even try to do them i don't even want to be bothered with it but i'll get somebody that's going to do them so a, a lot better than me oh yeah up. yeah had to because i got a lot of stuff thrown at me and i recognized what was good and what wasn't going to work and that's important because you can waste your time with stuff all day long that's what gave me the leverage to negotiate the deal that i got when you have time to think and really analyze the way life goes and you look back and i said man all these negatives turned into a positive for me they gave me breaks that i didn't realize were happening at that time you know it's a big part of my faith when i talk to people i said you know the the misery that you're going through now might be the blessing for you later on have you ever asked yourself the question how did i get here Many times we make subtle decisions that don't seem to be a big deal, but what we often fail to realize is that where you are today is the result of all of the decisions, big and small, that you've made up until this point. The good news is, even if you are not where you want to be right now, you still have a chance to rewrite your script. Yes, it's frustrating when you do not accomplish what you've expected to accomplish within the time frame that you set. Yes, all of us want our journey to be a straight path. But in actuality, your journey will have unexpected stops. It will have curves, it will have hills, it will have valleys, you will have sunny days, you will have rainy days. But you have to decide. If I encounter rejection, if I encounter frustration, if I am disappointed, I will not give up. The key is to learn how to separate your feelings from your performance. Yes, some days I don't feel like working. Some days I have to battle with unfair situations. But at the end of the day, I have a decision to make. Either I'm going to have a pity party or I'm going to figure out how to pull myself up. So I say to you today, pull yourself up. Lift up your bow down head. Guess what? Every day I have to choose to pull myself up. There will always be something that you can complain about. There will always be something that you could be worried about. But what I'm challenging you to do is to pursue your goals in spite of what's going on around you. Take a close look at your life, your health, your relationships, your business, your career, and ask yourself a simple question. Have I given my all? Yo, stop making excuses, man. Nobody gives a fuck about your excuses. It's planet Earth. 
And results are the only thing that matters on planet Earth. Results are the only thing that matters. Your excuses are meaningless. You can't go up to a hot chick and be like, Yo, 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 listen, I know I'm not ripped. I know I'm not really muscular. I don't have a body that you're attracted to. But yo, you gotta understand, I got school and work, so it's hard for me to work out. So uh, you should just date me anyway. Man, it's not how shit works. She don't give a about your bullshit excuses, man. Nobody does. This is real world, man. I can't go up to a car dealership and say, Listen, man, I, I know that financially I'm not qualified to make this purchase. But, um, you gotta understand, I come from... <laughs> but you gotta understand, man, I come from poverty, man. I had a bad upbringing, so you should just give me this Bentley anyway. It don't work like that, man. It's the real world. Nobody gives a about your excuses. Results are the only thing that matters. You gotta take responsibility for your own success. Regardless of your circumstances, you're responsible for your own success. People tell me all the time, man, like, yo, oh, man, uh, yo, I can't eat enough to gain weight, or uh, my mom won't cook healthy foods, or uh, I work too much to work out, or I have school. Okay, okay. All that may be true, it may be valid, but what the f are you gonna do about it? You gonna cry? Go sit around and just cry about it? Like a baby? Or you gonna do something about it, man? gonna take action we gonna cry like a little listen crying about only works for babies that's because they don't have any other recourse if a baby pants he can't really do anything about it so he has to cry until someone comes and helps him until someone comes and saves him well guess what no you're not a baby no more crying about your circumstances is no longer effective for Man, and men are expected to produce results. That's how you're going to be judged on what you produce or what you don't. But nobody's going to have pity on you. And nobody gives a about your bullshit excuses. No one gives a about how difficult it is for you. No one cares about what you had to go through. The only thing that matters are the results that you produce. I hear people say stuff like, Oh man, well it's easy for him to do it because he's got good genetics. Or he's lucky because he has money to buy supplements and a gym membership. Or he can do it because he doesn't have any kids. Yo man, shut the up. Don't worry about what he has. What do you have? Don't worry about what he has. What do you have? What are you going to do to be successful? What are you going to do to accomplish your goals? I mean, yeah, it's true. It's true. Some people may have some advantages that you don't have. You may have to work harder than them. So work harder than them. If that's what it takes, then that's what you do. The advantages that someone else may have has nothing to do with you and your goals. You have to do whatever it takes. You have to take responsibility for your accomplishments. Let's check it out. A few years ago, you know, my father he shot himself in the head. You know, I was devastated. My whole world shattered. On top of that, I got to take care of the family. So I had to work two jobs. I was working 15, 16 hour days 
six, sometimes seven days a week. And I could have stopped working out. That would have been totally understandable. I have I had one of the best excuses that I've ever heard. But f- that man. F- that. Giving up is for f- losers. Quitting is for the weak, soft. F- so I just started getting up at 5 a.m. every day to work out before work. Before I went to go work two jobs, I worked out every day at 5 a.m. And I did that for about two years, man. Because I ain't going to let nothing stop me from accomplishing my goals. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. So because you know what you want, the world's giving you exactly the information you 100%, need to become better at it. Because you know what you're looking for. So many guys tell stories about your work ethic. Yeah. What was really your work ethic like, and for how long did you stay disciplined? Um, well, I mean, I mean, every day. I mean, since you know, for 20 years. I mean, it was an everyday process in trying to figure out strengths and weaknesses. For example, jumping ability. Man, my vertical was a 40. It wasn't a 46 or a mm-hmm. 40, 45. Um, my hands are big, but they're not massive. Right? So you got to figure out ways to strengthen them so your hands are strong enough to be able to palm a ball and do the things that you need to do. Uh, quickness, I was quick, but not insanely quick. I was fast, but not ridiculously fast. Right? So I had to rely on skill a lot more. I had to rely on angles a lot more. I had to study the game a lot more. And, uh, but I enjoyed it though. So like from the time I was, I can remember when I started watching the game, I studied the game mm. and it just never changed. I'm not, you know, the classic Silicon Valley CEO. You know, I think that for me, I used to believe that that meant that I could never really achieve what they achieved, that there were certain parts of the world, certain um, levels of success, certain levels of business that were just going to be too big for me. It's like, how can I dare say I'm going to run an energy company? Mm. Like that I'm going to build wealth for a community. Like who, who the hell am I? I made the mistake freshman year of college of, going in and having no goals. Freshman year, you know, I actually did horrible in class uh, because I didn't know my goals of what I wanted to achieve academically. Um, I let my body fall apart. I just, I let my, I lost myself. And because of that, I realized that I'm the kind of person who needs to work to know herself and consistently keep track of who she is. In the end, you know, it's about recognizing the value in our own struggle, being appreciative, and aware of our privilege um, so that we can have empathy for others and their experience. We can bridge the gap for them. Um, And then being able to take all of that and own it. Say, this is who I am. Some things are just destiny, you know? Look, everybody goes through a moment in their life where everything you thought up to that second vanishes and you realize that there's an opportunity to change the story that you've written in your head for the last two, three decades. And I think it's universal. I think there are very few people who don't get to a point at year 20, 30, 35 that don't start debating, wait a minute, is this what I want? Is this where I'm going? Is this how it's playing out? And you know, to me, that is one of the most important moments in one's life. You know, many people look at it as a moment 
to start to get upset and say, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. And others, regardless of what's happened, use it as an opportunity to write the next chapter. You don't get to choose how you start in this life, but you do get to choose what you do. Real greatness isn't determined by some birthright or fate. Real greatness is determined by what you do with the hand that you're dealt. So what are you going to do? Sit there, do nothing, complain, be a victim? Is that really what you want, to be mediocre? No one, and I mean no person on this earth, has ever woken up and said, I just want to be mediocre. So what are you going to do about it? Do you want to coast through life without fulfilling the potential that lives within you? Do you really want to wake up one day and realize that all of the dreams you have had have passed you by? Each one of us has dreams and we have passions. We have things that we want to accomplish. Maybe it's a better job. Maybe it's to be more fit. Maybe it's to have a better relationship with our children or our spouse. Either way, there's something out there I know that you want. The real question is how bad do you want it and what are you willing to do to get it? A dream that keeps you up at night is the real dream you should be chasing. But to chase that dream, to find that dream, to make that dream a reality, you need a strategy, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. Tony Robbins said that, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. One thing that discipline definitely does help you with is it, it helps you get things done. And when you get things done, when you, you, you actually do things, you, 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 you have more success. If you have more success, and sometimes a big part of success is just not being lazy and just doing it. Yeah. Just get, that's like 90% of it is just showing up. Get there and start working. Like, you're not gonna feel perfect every day. I mean, it's pretty much the same with everybody that if, that actually gets good at something. You, you get, there's gotta be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably gonna be more numerous than the days you don't. And so the benefit of discipline in my eyes has always been that through discipline, I get things done. My experience is with people that we're probably running at about 51% of our capacity. Something, I mean, you can think about this yourselves. I often ask undergraduates how many hours a day you waste or how many hours a week you waste. And the classic answer is something like four to six hours a day. You know, inefficient studying, uh, watching things on YouTube that not only do you not want to watch, that you don't even care about, that make you feel horrible about watching after you're done, that's probably four hours right there. You know, and you think, well, that's 20, 25 hours a week, it's 100 hours a month, that's two and a half full work weeks, it's half a year of work weeks per year. And if your time is worth $20 an hour, which is a radical underestimate, it's probably more like 50, if you think about it in terms of deferred wages, if you're wasting 20 hours a week, you're wasting $50,000 a year. And you are doing that right now. And it's because you're young, wasting $50,000 a year is a way bigger catastrophe than it would be for me to waste it because I'm not gonna last nearly as long. And so if your life isn't everything it could be, you could ask yourself, well, what would happen if you just stopped wasting the opportunities that are in front of you? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Unless you want average in America, married 2.4 kids with one and a half dogs, but I can guarantee you, you will never achieve anything greater than your highest aspiration. If you want a million, you'll make a million, not a million five. If you want 10 million, 100 million, and uh, you'll never exceed that. If you change a billion lives, that's a formula to become a billionaire and change the world. 
Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You want to know why you're all f***ed up? Just look at the bums you hang around with. I do what you don't want to do that you know that you got to do to be where you want to be. You're never going to be great if you don't look for the 5%. I'm not on a different level, okay? These are pretty simple, basic tools. And so nobody out there is listening to him and saying, God darn, he's just... He's just using words and he's just so much smarter than me. So I'm not going to become worth $5 billion. That book is bull. Okay. He's just naturally smarter than me. I think you can see that I'm no smarter than anybody else in this room. I just use certain little basic tools to be successful every day. Take the word no out of your vocabulary. Worry about your customer, no spare customers. Use the 95-5 rule, separate yourself from everybody else. Be the bull at whatever you do. And on and on and on. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room, and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning, we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task and another another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, Start off by making your bed. As William Arthur Ward said, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts the sails. And that's how we all have to be. We need to look at the situation and understand not what personality type are we, but what are we gonna do about it? That any of us, in any moment, we always get to choose how we react. We get to choose our frame of reference. We get to choose whether we're pessimistic. We get to see things in an optimistic way if we want. But at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is what do you choose to do? And so if you decide to fight the wind, to be angry, to argue about it, to complain, you're never gonna go anywhere other than where the wind wants you to go. But if you remember that we have control, that we can react, that we can choose to adjust the sails, to harness the wind, to take us where we want to go. And instead of fighting against it and wasting energy, we learn how to harness everything around us. And as Alice Walker said, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. People lose sight of the fact that we always get a choice. No matter what happens in your life, the one thing that you get to choose at all times is the meaning that you ascribe to it. No one can take that away. The simple thing is this, see, if your joy, your sadness, your happiness, your misery is determined by something or somebody around you, 
the chances of you being joyful in your life is remote. For every one of you, your life is precious, isn't it? It's a precious life. If something is precious, where do you want to invest this life? Into what do you want to invest this precious life? If this is a worthless life, throw it somewhere. If this is a precious life, what do you want to invest this life into? In romance, fun moments and long phone conversations. We dream about finding a partner that we fall head over heels in love with. We search for that someone who will always have our back. We fantasize about finding our own personal teammate and cheerleader. However, it's easy to dream. It's easy to swipe right to meet someone online. It's easy to go on a lot of dates. Sometimes it's even easy to fall in love. But it's hard to be prepared for how painful it's going to be when it all ends. We get excited about all the future possibilities that stem from being together, creating a family together, and building a beautiful life together. But we are never taught how to deal with the end, when things fall apart and when the dream crumbles beneath us. And that's why I want you to remember that even though breakups put us through a whirlwind of pain, there's still a way to end the relationship with gratitude, with grace, and with love. I want you to know that there's a way to make it all hurt a little bit less. The Dalai Lama once said, remember that sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. Even though it may be hard to see it now, you still have the opportunity to grow as a person because of your relationship. Because the end of every relationship is the beginning of a new lesson. There's two sides of pain that I don't think a lot of people really understand. There's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you backed off. The first time you felt, ah, that burn, the first time you feel that it's too much. And we rationalize with ourselves to where we automatically stop. That's why a bunch of us give up so much in life so quick. That's why kids have a problem finishing things in today's time. Because as soon as they feel a small bit of discomfort, things ain't right, oh, they gone. I can't do it anymore. But suppose I told you the greatest pain of my life is the reason I'm standing here today. I'm gonna tell you this story, I gotta get out of here. And the story is about, you guys have probably heard about this before. It was a, it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I wanna be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you wanna be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. He liked the beach. I said, I want to make money. I don't want to swim. So the young man got there at 4 a.m. He already ready to rock and roll, got on the suit. He should have wore shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. 
When he walks onto the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. Adrian, he's like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area, the shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he's crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man, like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man getting scratched, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answered the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful.